You are listening to Snowbound, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas, and from Vail, Colorado, we have Rob Worrell of the Ski and Snowboard Club of Vail. Welcome to the show, Rob. Yes, thanks, George. Uh, great to be on it, and I've listened to a couple of your uh, programs with Andrew Weidbrecht and Mike Freeberg, and I like what you're doing. Well, thank you very much. Now, Ski and Snowboard Club, that's got to be a relatively new title because snowboarding hasn't been around all that long. Yeah, you're right, George. I think it was about the year 2000 um, when Aldo Radimus came in as the executive director of the ski club. He uh, brought in snowboarding and changed the name at that point from the 1964, the inception of the club in the early 60s. It was always Ski Club Vale. So how was the club formed, and, and what was the purpose? You know, um, I don't know all the history of it, but um, um, obviously um, ski racing's been around since before the 60s, and ski, or Vail as a resort or as a ski area didn't start until 1962 or 65 or whatever, so I assume there were ski racers in the valley, and and uh, there was a need for uh, a competitive program with coaching and so forth. And uh, it's grown pretty big over the years, I'm sure. So we're really, huge right now. Really formed as a race club. Yes. Uh, ori- yes, it was definitely originally formed as a race club. Yeah. The first coach, um, I'm trying to think, uh, like George Rao was one of the first coaches and I think um, maybe even I can't I can't remember I don't I'm not familiar with all the history but some really high level coaches have have, have always been involved with ski club tales. Now I'm wondering, bringing in snowboards, does that open you up not just to racing but freestyle freestyle skiing as well? Yeah. Yeah, Ski and Snowboard Club Vale has tried to stick to Olympic snow sports. Um, oh, yeah. Snow sports. Um, What's that, George? Is that, oh, you have. Yeah, exactly. So with the Olympic snow sports, um, we're trying to stick to all those. You know, you've got skier cross, freestyle, which is your bumps, um, and there's a lot of air involved in freestyle, as you know now, with uh, Mosley start and all that. Then you've got your um, park and pipe type of stuff, your free ride Coming in and snowboard, you have your park and pipe, and also you have your snowboard gates uh, racing. Um, and then we have, the one non-Olympic uh, snow sport event we have is um, big mountain skiing, which is a competitive program, but not in the Olympics. And then, of course, we have Nordic cross-country cross skiing. We don't have any jumping or Nordic combined like steamboat, just the cross-country. So we have those five, five disciplines. Alpine, Nordic, uh, free ride, which is on, you know, Alpine skis, uh, yeah, and so forth, big, yeah, all those. We got everything. <laughs> the, the size of your coaching pool has got to be huge. Yeah, I think there's around 75 um, coaches in Ski and Snowboard Club Vale. And how many participants do you have? Well, 
we have 220 full-time athletes, and those are the ones that participate, you know, six days a week and pay year-round fees, do summer conditioning on snow camps year-round and year-round training. And then, and then we must have around another 300 kids that um, are more weekend, part-time, younger um, kids just getting into the into the program. And then there's other clubs um, or programs, I should say, in the Bale Valley that um, have ski racing too, like there's Bevo at Beaver Creek, which is a lot of young kids. There's Devo at Vale, which is a lot of young kids as an introductory sport that's not part of Ski Club Vale, part of the ski area. And you have Buddy Werner League that's based at um, Vale. So I bet you there's probably a 1,000 kids in the Vale Valley or Eagle Eagle County that are you know, in the ski racing programs. Now to get into that, about 220 people that uh, work out six days a week, is that year-round? Yeah. yeah, they pay year-round fees. Um, um, they pay their fees in May, and then, uh, you know, we have training in the summer. We have a, a, a big weight room and uh, year-round programming where they're doing physical conditioning all summer and then they're going to camps. And then we have um, a ski academy, or a, it's called Vail Ski and Snowboard Academy, which is part of the Vail you know, Ski Club, Ski and Snowboard Club Vail. That academy is the, um, grades 5 through 12, and it's a public school, but it's... Um, uh, caters completely to um, full-time athletes that are training year-round, and it's the only public school ski academy in the United States. Um, so it's a it's a really cool deal. Where you know, if anyone's familiar with ski racing, we have like Burke Mountain Academy is a really big, popular, famous academy. Actually, of any sports academy, it's probably one of the first maybe in the world in 1970. Warren Witherall started that. And um, and then that started the whole sports academy movement in the United States. And now at Vail, we have the first public um, sports academy here in Minturn, Colorado. That's incredible. I mean, I would totally think yeah. that's a private school. What's that, George? I would totally think that that's got to be a private school, but it really is open to the public. Yeah, no, it's open to the public. Um, I'm not sure of all the loopholes they went through to to be uh, to have what they have there because the kids, um, you know, there's different designations of schools for public schools. You got your charter schools and um, so forth. This is, I think, under gifted and talented schools or something um and so um anyone can attend it the caveat of of getting in is you have to be accepted so there's a really high level application process to and that application process is through the ski club so that you have to apply through the ski club and then once you're accepted into ski and snowboard club bail then you're able to attend the public uh, Vail Ski and Snowboard Academy, which is a public. So what I started to say about Burke, so a lot of people are familiar with Burke. Well, Burke is around thirty or $40,000 in tuition. It's a 
it's a year, not a year on boarding school. They're there, you know, the school year, and then they do camps and conditioning in the summers that, you know, year-round programming. Um, so anyways, those programs are anywhere from around $40,000. Kids in the Vail County, in Eagle County, I should say Eagle County, pay their, it's around $8,000 to be a part of Ski and Snowboard Club Vail for their coaching, tuition, and all that. But then they're going to school for free. So what what we're offering is very it's on par with the Burke Mountain Academy for only $8,000. Now, how did you get involved with this program? Um, well, it's a, uh, many, many years of coaching and building a rapport with different people. Um, I started coaching in 1987 in Estes Park, Colorado, when I was bike racing in Boulder. Um, the regional uh, director of Rocky Mountain Division at the time was a good friend of my father's. And uh, I was bike racing. We were up hunting in Grand County and Fraser, elk hunting. And, and the director of Rocky Mountain Skiing at the time said, Hey, Rob, what are you doing this winter? I hear there's a job at Estes Park, Colorado, at, up at Hidden Valley. And I said, yeah, I've got some time on the weekends in my training. I, I could go up there, help those guys out. So that got me into coaching in 1987. And um, so then it just went on from there. And I'm from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And at the time, um, Aldo Radimus was working in Steamboat. And he had just come off the U.S. ski team coaching there and was doing a really good job in Steamboat. And I was kind of struggling with living on my own and paying the bills with bike racing. And <laughs> so I ended up going back home to Steamboat one fall and, and I decided to work at the winter sports club with Aldo, who was the head coach there at the time and continue my cycle training at home with Nordic skiing in the winter and so forth. And then, um, I built a strong rapport working with Aldo and Sarah Radimus over the next eight years when they were there then we all went our separate ways. I went on to Summit County in 1999, worked there as a director for the Summit County programs for uh, five years. And then then I went and actually worked with Warren Witherall, who I mentioned earlier, who started Burke Mountain Academy. He called my wife and myself and some and said, why don't you come? He had taken a job at Crested Butte Academy, and they're trying to get that going strong. So we went down to Crested Butte for three years, and then we, um, then I went to the U.S. Ski Team as a coach for three years, and then I went back to Steamboat for two years, and then the whole time I was at all these other jobs when Aldo took on the, um, what would you call it, ski, when he was executive director of Vail starting around the year 2000, he started uh, pursuing me as coaching in Vail, and so finally it worked out at one point that I thought that coming to Vail was a huge opportunity, and it has been a great opportunity, and I've been here five years now. And do you still coach? Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't have what we call a primary group or a contact group. I'm a sup in a supervisory position now, so I'm on the hill every day with my 55 athletes and eight coaches. But um, so I'm helping organizing the training and directing mostly the coaches and doing the coaching through the coaches. 
But of course, um, like today I had my own section of a course and I was working with all the athletes as they came through my little, my little, uh, exercise station, if you would call it that practice station. And so, yeah, I'm fully out there involved daily with the athletes. So you're on the hill every day. Um, Does that give you any time to ski? Um, you know, I used to ski a lot and it's like anything now it's a job. And, um, if I go skiing, it's back country. I've done all the, on the ski area from racing to all that. So to me, um, when I get a day off or whatever, I'm not out skiing and I'll ski with the kids and do the thing, but it's a much different thing now. Um, and and what people think of probably. It's just like a coach of a pro basketball team. They're not out there shooting hoops. You know, they're on the sidelines. They're working with the athletes. It's the same in in ski racing. We're not out. I mean, the young coaches are free skiing and skiing hard is an integral part of the program where at U16 age, the kids still need that. And we have young coaches that still go out and ski really hard with the athletes. But guys of my age and so forth i'm not they're, they're faster than me they're way better skiers than i am where i'm at now in my ski so no i'm on the sidelines coaching and not skiing that much well let's go back to 1987 and you racing bicycles out of boulder do you have a professional yeah. racing career you know, I, I, I advanced, um, I, I, I don't know how you'd call professional. I never had a contract. I had some sponsors, especially in 90, in 92, I was a pro mountain biker. I had some sponsorship then. And, um, that was the last year I raced. Um, but no, I, I would consider myself a strong amateur. I raced in nine national championships, I believe, and won world championships on the mountain bike. And do you still ride? Oh, yeah. I try to ride all the time. <laughs> That's my true passion at where I'm at with my body and my life right now. Um, so, yeah, no, I ride a lot, yeah, definitely. Especially this job is a lot more work. When I was with the U.S. ski team, um, I was still doing some um, masters racing, and I had time, a little more time. I traveled everywhere with my bike, which I loved. Like, you know, when you're on the road all the time, everyone has their own ways to pass time when they're not training the athletes, you know, and we'd have afternoons off. A lot of the training or racing would be done by noon or early afternoon. And, you know, some guys bring their guitars on the road. I've traveled all over Europe and South America with my bike in Canada. <laughs> and uh, at that time, it was easy to fly with a bike. And now it's a little more of a challenge with the fees. Um, we were sponsored by United when I was with the team, and I had seven bags with my U.S. ski team credentials. I had seven bags with United everywhere I went. One of them was a bike. You have one week completely off. doesn't matter what time of year. You have the choice. Would you rather spend that week backcountry skiing or mountain biking? That's a really tough question. Those are <laughs> two of my favorites. Uh, it, I guess it depends on the week I have off. If it was in April, it'd be in the huts around Crested Butte in the backcountry skiing. If it was in 
uh, actually any uh, any other warm time of the year would be in the Alps in Austria and the Countertel Valley riding uh, a road bike. Oh, on a, on a road bike. Yeah, I love mountain biking too, but the Alps on a road bike is, is my favorite. The climbs, the descents, the beauty, um, it's, it's on, it's unbelievable. Stopping at tops of, at the summits of passes and having a coffee and strudel. That actually sounds pretty darn good right now. <laughs> <laughs> on the competitive side, ski racing or bike racing? Um, wow, two completely different sports. One's a hard skill, I would say, and one is a total motor sport. <laughs> and uh, all tactics, both have tactics. Psych, uh, I don't know. My my passion and my body type and everything was so geared as an athlete, so much more aerobic um, for myself that it had to be cycling. Now, why were you drawn to coaching with ski racing rather than, say, an endurance sport such as cycling? You know, that's that's a really good question. Well, um, you know, I grew up ski racing until I was 18 years old, and then I, I was, you know, I bike raced for conditioning for skiing, and I, um, yeah, I had a really bad injury um, when I was seven years old. I got run over chasing my brother down to the local Dairy King and Steamboat and um, crossed, tried to beat a beer truck making a delivery across the alley and and uh, uh, got run over and lost my perineal nerve, which operates the whole lower leg, and uh, lost a lot of skin, blood, the whole deal. They flew me to Denver and... Um, so to get strong and healthy, um, the no impact cycling was huge, and I always rode my bike. So and I was just young, and I loved ski racing, and I never lost a season to ski race starting at seven years old. So I had a lot of corrective surgeries, and so bike racing really and cycling became such a large part of my regimen with ski racing that. And then I did Nordic and all that. So then I ended up um, finding out through time that my body was so much more suited towards aerobic sports. So I gravitated more towards towards cycling. And then, like I explained to you earlier, I fell into ski coaching as a part-time job with my cycling in Boulder at Estes Park. So that's where my ski coaching really took off. And I had a passion for teaching and I think to really answer your job of why I was never a cycling coach or anything like that is I don't know until Chris Carmichael and Armstrong, I don't know if there was ever a, a profession in the U.S. For, for, for cycling coaches. Or in skiing, it was always um, something I, I had the connections in the avenue. It was always a paid job. And I think if I ever saw it as a profession, I would have, jumped on it but even to this day um i i don't know where a cycle coach would go unless you fell onto a pro tour team and usually the the guys that are really good at that level are europeans as we all know where that's where postal really started to have their successes when they went euro and in ski racing you know, I had the connections and uh in every job I took I had success and the next guy wanted 
uh, to hire me, and I've always moved through the profession to where it's been a blessing. I have a family, a nice house in Avon, Colorado, and uh, you know, I think I've done super well as making it a profession for me, and I don't think that could have ever happened in cycling without a ton more luck. Maybe I don't have those avenues that Chris Carmichael had or someone. I don't know. Now, where could people go to get more information about the Ski and Snowboard Club of Vail? You know, um, we have a large website, um, Ski and Snowboard Snowboard org. I think it is, or .com. Just do a Google search. That's the best. Every week in the Vail Daily in the papers, um, there's articles with Ski Club Vail, and um, our clubhouse is right at the base of Gold Peak. Our physical address right there at the base of Gold Peak and Vail. Um, through USSA.org, they they must have a you know United States Ski and Snowboard Association. That's uh, our governing body. They have a club uh, club roster with information. Um, so yeah, the website's the best. And can you follow uh, results from your athletes on the website? Yeah, no, we're good about that. There's newsletters on the website, links to our newsletter. And um, and then, you know, a lot of ski racing fans, you know, you're going to probably follow results through com. You know, that's the U.S. Big, uh, it's kind of like Bellow News for cycling. You know, it's our publication for ski racing. You can see, you know, we have a lot of famous alumni out of there with Lindsey Vaughn and Michaela Schifrin. A lot of up-and-coming racers at very high levels. Well, Rob, it sounds like you have an amazing program there in Vail, Colorado. really want to thank you for taking the time to visit with us this evening. All right, perfect, George. Good chatting with you. Great chatting with you. Snowbound with Rob Worrell of Ski and Snowboard Club Vale. Thanks very much. Hey, thank you, George. Perfect. Great chatting with you. Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.